Welcome to Momentum Church. good to be here. Like I said, I'm Stephanie. I'm the Connections Pastor here at Momentum. I get to do all of the fun things, the, the talking, the outreach, the welcoming you. you if you've been around here for a while, you came the first time and you probably got the phone call from me. I left you a voicemail and said how great it was to have you here. Um, I get to do, again, all of the fun stuff. And so thank you for letting me be your pastor and do all of the fun things because it is truly, truly one of my greatest honors in life. Um, we are going to continue today in the Third week of the hardest lessons, third, fourth, third, one of those weeks, we're continuing the hardest lessons that I've ever learned series today. And today um, we're going to talk about what life should look like if you are a mature Christ follower or if you desire to be a mature Christ follower. Maybe even a better way to say that is if you want to be spiritually mature. If that, and that doesn't mean just like you can't make any fark jokes. You know what I mean? It's talking about, are you looking to grow and develop in your spiritual walk with Christ and who he's created you to be? Um, and that, with that in mind, we're going to um, ask ourselves one question this morning, and it's, if we are developing spiritual maturity, what should our relationship look like with the local church? And um, we're going to do an illustration because I like illustration, so I need two volunteers, and you better raise your hand or I'm going to start picking you. So, okay, I can't see who this is over here on the end. One from this side. I need one more hand. Susie. I see Susie's hand. That's perfect. Wonderful. Susie, come on up. Susie loves to be the center of attention, as you just heard her husband laugh. She loves it. Y'all come on up here. Um, Make your way up. We're um, going to give both of you some things here. A plate. Yeah, I didn't tell you you were going to be ingesting anything. I did that on purpose. You see how I did that? Okay, you both have a plate. Um, all of this stuff came from my kitchen, and so it's most likely in date. Here's you um, both loose bread. That's always good. Here's you a hamburger bun. Um, you've got lettuce, tomato. This is used by, not sell by, right? That's fine. Um, all the good stuff, all the good makings for a, um, for a burger. It's 4th of July, July weekend. You need a good burger. So y'all go ahead and just start making yourself... Go ahead and make yourself a burger the way that you would make a burger. Do y'all both eat meat? All right, good, perfect, okay. Um, and it doesn't have to be meat. You can do whatever you want to. Anyway, so, no, go ahead. Plastic, you... T- okay, I have one fork for the pickles. Besides that, you've got to figure it out yourself. Okay. Good Jesus. Okay, so, <laughs> while they do that... Um, This whole idea of what does our relationship look like with the local church is interesting for me because, honestly, I am the product of being raised by Barbara Graves, but also a a product of the local church. I um, got saved. I learned about Jesus at a local church. Um, A lot of my friends um, that I have through life, and even today are people that I met at a local church. I found so much love, joy, and fulfillment um, in life through my experience with the local church. Um, And did people at the church hurt me over time? Of course. Like, that happens because we're dealing with real people in real life. But a vast majority of my life and my experience with church has been absolutely fantastic. And so it took me a while to be able to realize that church attendance did not equal spiritual growth. 
church attendance and church involvement did not equal spiritual maturity. And I didn't recognize that because I grew up and I volunteered every Sunday and I went to all of the worship nights and I volunteered at all of the outreaches and concert in the park. And while all of those things are great things and you should do them, they are wonderful ways to connect. They um, will, at time I, I realized that just because I did those, my physical self was aging and maturing, but my spiritual self was, oh, good job. Okay, perfect. My spiritual self was grossly immature, and that was a hard realization to come to. It was, it was a humbling realization to come to that you're not as far along as you thought you were. You're not as wise as you thought that you were. And that's why, for me, at least, it's one of, one of the hardest lessons that I've had to learn in life. And so we're going to kind of look at this analogy, if y'all will walk with me. Um, so, oh, this is very nice. What is, oh, okay. Oh, that feels Susie. Okay, so we're going to look at this. If y'all, like I said, roll with me, that these buns are your life. I know that's what you wanted your life equated to today. <laughs> this is your life. And all of these condiments, these are all the local church. These are the things that you get to experience. This is your Sunday morning uh, worship experience here where you get to come and engage in worship and engage with people. This is the friendships that you make, the accountability that you have, the, the counsel that you seek. It's going to parenting classes where you learn how to raise kids in this insane world that we're living in or going out into the community and volunteering in an outreach um, to, together with people who are like-minded in Christ. Those are all these amazing things that, you, that add to your life. Said, but your spiritual maturity, said, that is the meat. Do you eat meat? Okay, and y'all can substitute if you don't. This is like tofu or a black bean burger or whatever else you want. I made this in my kitchen this morning. It went to 160, which is medium. That's right. Right? That's good. <laughs> and look, I'll use a utensil, Susie. There we go. Okay. That is... That is your spiritual maturity. That thing is what makes the rest of this experience rich, right? Like this is the meat. This is your everyday walk with Jesus. This is what gives you substance. This is what is, um, like I said, it, it adds that flavor. Everything else, you can go ahead and make, make that into a sandwich. Just go ahead and there we go. Look how nice and complete and pretty that is. Isn't that great? You don't have to take a bite of it. Um, I don't have one for you. I'm sorry that you proved. Uh, no, stop. You're ruining my point. So, okay. <laughs> so, and, and while this will taste good, even the best lettuce, the best tomatoes, all the best things, organically grown, local source, all the great stuff, this is missing something. Would y'all agree? This can be the best that it is, but without a source of protein, <laughs> without substance, without the daily walk with Christ. This is all good, but it's not what it was meant to be to leave us fulfilled, right? And um, y'all can take those and go with you. Don't leave your trash on my stage. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Can y'all give them a hand? Thank you so much. Susie especially. Thank you so much. You can take the utensil with you too. 
I love Susie so much. That was so much fun. I'm going to hear it from her later. She's not going to come to the 4th of July parade tomorrow and volunteer now that I embarrassed her. No, she's not be there. Your personal maturity is what makes, again, your spiritual life so satisfying. It's what makes that, again, delicious and fulfilling, not just in the moment, but it's what sustains us over time. Because that's the goal, right? To have a thriving relationship with Christ every single day of the week. And then to have um, a local church that you can grow with, that you can be with, as you may have heard if you've been around Momentum for any period of time, on the journey. Have people to be with you as, you as you grow. If we want to be spiritually mature, we have to realize that the local church is not our source for spiritual caloric intake. It has to be a supplement to the spiritual life that we live, again, every other day. And if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn over to 1 Corinthians 2. Again, the church was never meant to be the source. It was meant to be a supplement, a great supplement, a God-ordained supplement. But it can't be our source. And you may be here now, and you're like, right off the bat, super discouraged. You're like, Stephanie, I cannot do one more thing. I cannot add one more practice, one more anything to my life. That's why I come to church. I come to church because I don't know what to do. I come to church because I don't know what to read or how to study. I can't. This is why I'm here. Good. (laughs) Keep coming to church. As your pastor, and I speak for every other pastor on staff, I will tell you, we want you here, and we want to help you. Um, We also want you to continue to grow, and again, grow in that spiritual maturity so that uh, you can depend less on the local church. Because our independence, from we should have independence from the local church, right? I hope everyone caught what I did there. Independence. Thank you. Yes. Our dependence is on God. Again, we should live a life that is made, again, rich and flavorful by the church, but it's not our source. And again, if that's you here today, I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you um, to feel like, I can't do one more thing. I want you to leave here today not feeling like, oh, I've got to do better. I want you to leave here today knowing, I can do this. Did you know that you can do this? Did you know that you can have that everyday relationship with the Lord that is rich and full, that it's not just for Pastor Brantley and Pastor Corey, that it's you can hear from God and have a spiritually mature relationship with him every single day? I hope you leave today feeling empowered, and I think that you will based on some things that I found in Scripture that I'd love the chance to be able to share with you because it honestly blew my mind, and I have so enjoyed studying for this because I have felt so empowered as a believer as I've looked through this Scripture. So like I said, um, we can all all do this, and here's how I know because we see Paul model it to us again in 1 Corinthians, if you've turned there already, chapter 2. In Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, he tells us exactly how we can live this life. And I love um, that Paul, as he goes into the scripture, he takes all the pressure off of it happen to be like pretty or like super put together or perfect. In our pursuit of Christ, here's what he says. It's 1 Corinthians 2. It starts in verse 1. It says, and I, Paul, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know 
among you, nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Tag that in your brain, it's important. Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Not in lofty speech, not in the wisdom of man. It doesn't have to be super pretty and fancy. Honestly, most of my days, it's not. But it is a commitment. I love in verse 2, he said, I've decided an active choice that he made to know nothing except Jesus and him crucified. And this is important because until Jesus was crucified, there was no um, personal like communion with him, right? Like people didn't walk around. We've used the phrase that like Jesus lives inside me, which he does, but like, there, like that wasn't a reality. After Adam and Eve and the original sin and before Christ, they, they had priests that would go into God's presence for them. They didn't experience the presence of God themselves. And so now because of Christ crucified, we experience the presence of God because his spirit exists in us, which is beautiful and amazing. And again, then that's why that piece is important because again, without the crucifixion, he doesn't indwell us. And um, that's the difference between Christianity and some other religions is that there is that communication. There is that, that consistent, again, that daily walk with him the knowing him and hearing his voice. The death that he died to make a relationship with you, that's what Paul's referring to, that if you don't know anything else, I love that he says that, anything else, if I don't know anything else, know that there's a relationship for you that's not dependent on anyone else or anything else but Jesus. That's exciting to me. Just me and Jesus, you and Jesus. And that was Paul's focus and I love that in verse 4, it said that it was, power, it was powerful enough, that relationship that he had, was powerful enough that other people would see the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. He didn't need lofty words. But because of that relationship, that's the kind of relationship that I want with God, that just living the life that I have with him is the most powerful tool for people to be able to see the power of his spirit. And that's not just for Paul. That's for you. And that's, and again, that's for me. The spirit is in you, which blows my mind. <laughs> Did you know that you were designed to commune with God? Commune just meaning um, to share intimate thoughts or feelings. That's a basic definition. The, the intimate, personal um, communion with God, and which is interesting because I don't know if you know this, but you are made of three parts. There are three parts to, to your person, which is also fun because you're made in the image of God, and God has three parts. That's so really, we don't have time to talk about that right now, but it is super interesting to me, very fun. So you're made of three parts. You have your body, that's your flesh and your, your bones and your skin and your blood, and then you have your soul. That is your mind, your, your will, your emotions. Um, and then you have your soul. I'm going to say then you have your spirit. Your spirit is um, your conscience, your little Jiminy Cricket, you know, that people refer to it. 
your conscience, your wisdom, and in your communion. Again, that communion that you have with the Lord. And you're like, Stephanie, that sounds nice. This seems like a little weird and kind of simple. Um, and, and I wish I had a more like, like, maybe I'm just being super Paul today, and I'm just like, it's just real simple. That th- those are the parts of who you are. Again, you, your physical self and your um, soul, which, again, you need to be able to operate, and you were created that way to operate in this world, but your spirit was created to operate with something outside of this world. Your spirit was created to operate with God who transcends our world. Let's go back to um, chapter 2 and verse, verse 10. And this is what, this is the part that really blew my mind. So it says, The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except his own spirit? Or sorry, ex- except his own spirit within him. So too, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. So deduce a little bit with me today. Who knows the thoughts of man but a man's spirit, right? Who knows the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God? But then it says, we don't have the world spirit, but the spirit of God in us. And again, like my simple deduction, like that means that like the spirit of God lives in you. Again, to commune with your spirit. And I started thinking about that. And I'm like, why are we not all freaking out about that all the time? Like, I feel like we should all be in way more amazement that we are, than we are currently. That my spirit was made to commune with God. And then because of Christ and him crucified, his spirit lives in me. And it's not just meant to connect with him on a Sunday morning. He lives in me all the time so that I connect with him every other single day, every moment that I want to connect with God, he's there. We do a lot of this, God, like God, like right there. And again, I don't know why I don't just walk around in more amazement all the time. That spirit exists in you. And spiritual maturity is just making more room for his spirit to grow. That's, that's what spiritual maturity looks like. If you've made the decision to follow Christ, you have Christ within you. You have his spirit in you. You just have to learn how to listen to that voice, to hear that voice. We have so much more potential than we realize to know God and the things of God. And I love that verse 10 says, even the deep things of God. We can have the deep knowledge of who the Spirit of God is. We just have to have the discipline to learn them. And if if you missed Pastor Brantley's sermon last week, please go back and listen to it. It was astounding on just um, the discipline to learn and what we can, and what God wants to do in our life if we can do that. But um, because if we don't, if we don't um, take the time to, to listen in, to put, to put forth the discipline to hear his voice, to recognize his spirit within us, down the road, we're going to be, um, we're going to end up deceived. Because we did a lot of things 
for God, but we might not have done a lot of things with God. Ask me how I know, because it was one of the hardest lessons that I have learned in life. That my church in attendance and involvement is rich on Sunday, but if you want to be fulfilled the rest of your week, you have to have a spiritual maturity. A lot of good acts, a lot of godly acts in the name of God is no substitute for knowing the voice of the spirit that lives inside of you. And while studying for this message, I found a quote amongst some of the commentary that I thought was, um, I thought was just spot on, so I want to share it with you today. It said, For it is perfectly possible to know the things that are said about him, meaning God, to know the things that are said about him and not know him about whom they are said. A few years ago, I got my master's degree in public administration, and so I read a lot of books, um, a lot of our textbooks, were centered around um, a guy named Max Weber, who's actually from Germany, so I guess it's Max Weber. And so it was, I read a lot of books about him. He was um, thought to be really um, one of the largest influences on Western society as far as it comes to public administration. So I learned a lot of facts about Max Weber. I do not know Max Weber. And unfortunately, I feel like I, I spent a good amount of time knowing a lot of facts about Jesus. I used all the flannel graphs. If you're old school and you know what a flannel graph is, like you know the flannel boards. We did a, I learned a lot of the stories about Jesus, and I loved it. I believed it. It's not a matter of believing. I believed and the things that I had learned, but I didn't always connect well with the spirit that was in me. To, and I don't know if maybe I just didn't have confidence in myself. And I'm realizing that as I'm talking to you, so thank you for being with me on this thought journey. Um, if I just didn't realize that God trusted me with his spirit, and maybe you're here today, and maybe you felt that before. It's just like, why does God want to connect with me? Why would he connect with me? That he, I don't know where, where, you, where you fell on the spectrum, but that's kind of where I found myself, was I love doing things for God. I love doing things um, with the church. But at times, the spiritual maturity in me waned because I didn't have the knowledge of his voice. I didn't know how to listen to his spirit that was in me just like I didn't know who Max Weber was. Now, my husband, on the other hand, I know the voice of my smoke show husband. <laughs> I, um, I know his voice when he's comforting me. I know his voice when he is loudly correcting my driving. I know his voice when he wants something from me. I have learned his voice. And in the same way, we have to know the voice of God. Because scripture says that we, the ecclesia, we are his bride. And that Christ is coming back for his, for his bride. He's not coming back for his nonprofit organization. He's not coming back for his charity. He's not coming back for his 501c3. 
He's coming back for his bride. And his bride is not a list of people who attend church and go to outreach events. His bride are the people who know his voice. So how do we practice learning his voice this week? What does that look like to practice listening for his spirit and learning what it means for his spirit to live in me and my spirit to connect with him? Again, not just on Sunday morning when the music sounds good and I'm around people who are all pursuing God and the spirit is thick and wonderful and you can feel his presence move. Those are amazing moments, right? Like, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. But again, it's a supplement. It's a supplement to everything that you are learning tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and all through the rest of your week. So what does this look like? What does this look like to practice? If this has all felt super overwhelming to you and you're like, okay, lady, let me go have a burger. Like, I'm going to give you some super practical, really easy things. Here is some simple things, simple ways to learn to hear his voice this week. The first thing is practice talking to him. What does that even mean? <laughs> take a note card or a piece of paper. Tear a piece of paper. I don't, take a sticky note. I don't care what it is. Take it and put it on top of your phone and then put your phone on your nightstand. And in the morning, before you look at your phone, you pick up that piece of paper and you write one sentence on it, one verse, one prayer. God, help me to hear your voice this week. And then you put it down. What an easy way to start your day to connect yourself with the Spirit of God. God, help my spirit connect with yours today. Another option, practice worshiping with music. Put some, a, a, a worship playlist on in your car, in your house, wherever you are drowned out the sound of children with the hallelujahs of the, of the Lord. You will be amazed how much just listening to worship music will open your heart and soften your heart to hearing from God. Number three, if you need something or you want something from God specifically, don't call or text someone else to pray for you first. You pray for yourself. And you trust that God hears you. And then you can call some other people later if you want to, but, you, but trust yourself first. Trust that your spirit is going to connect with him just like Pastor Brantley's is going to. Your spirit is going to connect with him just like anybody else. And number four, if you're going to only do one, do this one. Read one Bible verse a day. I love the suggestion that Pastor Brantley gave. Um, this has been a couple months ago when he was speaking. He said, start somewhere. He said, take your Bible, open it up, to something that, you know, somewhere you're going to start reading and set it in front of your coffee pot. And then when you go to make your cup of coffee in the morning, read that verse. And I was like, that's brilliant. Because if you're not reading anything, that's a real easy way to get a little bit of scripture in you. The voice of God written down on paper for you to read. I said, and maybe you say, I don't drink coffee. I don't eat meat, whatever. Like, what, put it in front of your tea kettle. Put it in front of your toaster. You don't eat toast, start eating toast because it's going to get you reading the Bible. Like, you know, we are going to find ourselves disciplined 
to learn from the Lord. And that is such an easy way. And I loved it. I loved how simple that was to say, here, because God wants to meet you there, right? God wants to meet you in the life you're already living. God wants to meet you where you are and commune with you. And he would love to do that in your kitchen over a cup of coffee. I have a strong feeling that my spirit connects best with Jesus over coffee. And I want you to be able to experience that same thing as well. So do, again, if you're only going to do one thing this week, do that. It's a super simple way, so practical and so easy. And maybe you're here and you say, Stephanie, I've been so lucky. Like, I have been able to grow in spiritual maturity over the years. You know, I've, I, I spend time devoted uh, to God daily. That is awesome. What I want you to do this week, I want you to go home and you sit and meditate and say, just like um, verse 10 said, he said that there are deep things of his spirit. You go home this week and you sit and you meditate and you say, God, what are the deep things that you want me to see? What are the deep things that you want to lead me in? Because if you are alive on this earth, he has something more to teach you. And no matter how spiritually mature you are, like he has something else. He has deeper things for us to understand. And then I want you, I want you to pray about that. And then I want you to say, like Paul, who am I going to live this life out in front of that just by me living, they will be able to see the demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God? And guys, if we can do that, if we can grow in that spiritual maturity, and we will live a life that, yes, is, is independent of the church, dependent on Christ, but again, when brought together, is the perfect picture of what he ordained for us to live. Individuals communing with God as our individual spirits, but then as a body, man, being able to move in what he's called us to. Does that sound like something that you would like to do this week? If so, make some noise, whatever noise you want to make. I love your noises. I love the hoots and the amens and the hollers. It's just so, it's so fun. All right, pray with me, will you guys? Lord, we don't thank you enough for the gift that you've given us of your spirit. Yeah, we know that it's there. Yeah, we... We know the fact that it's there. God, but I pray that this week you would help us all to walk with the communing of our spirits with you. Not just knowing that it's there, God, but feeling your presence. God, I thank you that you were crucified and that because you were crucified, God, we even have the opportunity to do this. We even have the opportunity to have a relationship with you. God, thank you that you loved us so much that you did that for us. God, and we promise that we will not take for granted, God, the gift that it was to us, again, that we get to commune with you daily. God, I pray for all of my friends here. God, whoever is walking out of here today, that uh, I pray that you would let us all leave empowered, God, that you gave us your spirit so that we could do this. The spiritual maturity is not a lofty goal. God, it's something that, God, you'll walk with us into our kitchen tomorrow morning. God, I'm be able to take steps in. God, I pray for my friends that are here 
God, they've been with you on this walk for a while. God, they are devoted to you. God, you have shown them amazing things. God, I pray you would show them even greater things this week as they continue to pursue you. And in all things we do, God, help us to know you more because we know that if our lives can really, truly know you, that we will never be the same. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.